Hi, I'm Daryl Urbanski, and welcome to the Best Business Podcast. My mission is to help create 200 new multimillionaire business owners. How? You'll do better when you know better. In my interviews, you'll hear from self-made millionaires, seven-figure business owners, authors, and world-class experts sharing how they did it so you can too without experiencing the same obstacles they did. Now, if you like this interview, please share it with a friend you think will benefit. They'll appreciate it, and I will as well. You can also connect with me on social media. Look for Daryl Urbanski, D-A-R-Y-L, Urban Ski, U-R-B-A-N-S-K-I, and add me so we can be friends. Now sit back, relax, and enjoy what I've prepared for you right here, right now. Hello, everyone. Thank you for joining us. My name is Daryl Urbanski, your host as always, and today we are joined by Chris Mason. Chris left his corporate job seven months ago after building a consulting business evenings and weekends after work. He had to pursue his own vision of being his own boss, making his own hours, and doing business on his terms. With a wife and two kids, it was no small decision, but he made it, hasn't looked back, and hasn't had to touch his savings either. He helps businesses implement sales and marketing funnels based on current best practices and results. He's a perfect blend between the creative entrepreneur and organized project manager who learns best by doing. I've asked him to join us here today to talk about what he's seeing work for his clients so we can implement it for ourselves. Plus, for those listening who have a full-time day job, get some tips on sidestepping out of it without making waves at home. So Chris, thank you so much for joining us, my friend. How are you doing? Doing great, Daryl. Thank you for having me. Yeah, it's an honor and it's a pleasure. And, uh, you know, um, at some point I want to bring up your daughter's thing because I just think it's so awesome. But first I want to talk about you and like how did you get into sales and marketing? Because I mean, eventually you had a corporate job, but like what was your Mm -hmm. job? And and that's a really scary decision. And had you been an entrepreneur before this or? Yeah, Uh uh-huh. Yeah, absolutely. So I, I, I got into the corporate world uh, a little late in the game. So I actually had a, uh, I live in Nashville and I, I had a consulting business, uh, like right. If you remember MySpace when that first came mm-hmm. out, um, uh, Nashville, the two big industries are healthcare and entertainment. And I had a business that was essentially building, uh, MySpace pages for, uh, I would sell to record labels and to artist management companies and I would I would do these MySpace promotions around like uh, a record release mm. and uh, I did that uh, for for a couple years and you know the entertainment industry is it's just a, a, a weird beast and um, the record label I was working with got purchased by Warner Brothers and everybody got laid off so I had like no uh, no contacts and a mentor said hey you know um, you might think about like going into the corporate world and viewing it like you can pick up some business skills that, that you're lacking and you can kind of learn hmm. on someone else's time. So I took his advice and so I went into the corporate world always intending to leave it. And uh, I was I, yeah, I was going in to just kind of see, see what I could, could learn because I was really at a place where – I didn't know what I wanted to do, but I didn't want to do like entertainment. And I was still, um, just a real newbie in in terms of, of marketing. So that, that, that was my reason for getting into the corporate world. Okay. Got it. And what was, what was, what was it that you were doing? Yes. Uh, so I first started out just, they, they called it general, like communication. So I was doing a lot of writing, um, both internal and external, but I, I had some technical chops, so I could do like some 
some graphic design. I could build web websites because I'd I'd learned uh, a little bit of coding through doing the MySpace stuff, mm -hmm. and um, yeah, I'm just I just tended to be kind of a quick learner on things that are technical, um, and. In uh, my role inside the corporate world, uh, I kind of moved towards the the marketing space. It was just the stuff I was interested in marketing, why people made buying decisions, and so um, I so, social media was a big thing in in corporate America. The mm -hmm. companies trying to figure out like how do you use social media, and that was intriguing to me. So. Um, I, I started getting involved with uh, social media campaigns for the company I was working with, and then actually ended up switching companies to uh, to lead uh, the social media team for for a very large healthcare company, and um, and, and that was the, the last gig I had before leaving uh, seven months ago. Got it. Got it, yeah. got it, got it. So excellent. And do you, did you have ever, like, were your parents entrepreneurs at all or anything, like any other role models? Or did you just, you know, it's just like a path you fell into yourself? Uh, yeah, my, my dad, um, well, yeah, you can say both my parents were because my, my dad started his own business and um, my mom w was right there uh, helping him run it. He, he was an accountant or is an accountant still. And, um, and and built that from from the ground up, and I, I, I can still remember he he did have a day job when I was younger, and would have clients come over at night to our house that he was doing bookkeeping for. So so yeah, I, I definitely had that model from uh, from him, and you know d just the idea of um, yeah setting your own schedule, running your own business that that was not uh, foreign to me at all. And, right. and I, and I worked, you know, that was one of my first jobs was, uh, working for him at like eight or nine years old. That's great. And, you know, I think it's a great lesson. I mean, just for anyone listening, just how, how much of an influence parents can have on their kids and their children. And, mm -hmm. and you're kind of keeping the tradition alive. It sounds like, I mean, your yeah. daughter, we were just talking before we hit the record button and I, I just want to share a little bit. I mean, your daughter really wanted, what was it? An American girl doll. Is that what it's called? Yeah. American girl doll. Okay. Uh, she wanted it for her birthday. T today is her birthday. Yeah. Right. Right. So why don't you tell everyone the story? Like, how did? So she wanted it for her birthday, and yeah. So she uh, and we had kind of tried to keep uh, you know the American Girl doll advertising away from her because if you don't know, it, it's like 120 bucks uh, is the entry fee to, to get an American Girl doll. Right. And let's just but, get the doll. That does. That's yeah, not the car get, and the clothes. Oh and the, God, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All the stuff. And so, um, but but you know. They are they are good at finding their target market, and so um, <laughs> they, uh, she she came and like we want this I, I want this doll, and, and so my wife and I said, well, you know, uh, your birthday's coming up this a few months ago, and if you if you can sit whatever money you are able to save up, um, we will match that. And uh, she's very creative, very artistic, and so she got this idea that she could design these bookmarks. And so she had basically these tongue depressors. We got her a box of tongue depressors and she got markers and she would uh, design these custom bookmarks and she set up a little uh, uh, booth in her front yard and people in the evening walks would, would buy them. And I just, I posted a picture of her selling on Facebook and I started getting all these orders for her through Facebook. And um, it, it was kind of wild. So she was like fulfilling these orders, these online orders coming in. Anyway, she ended up saving 75 bucks from selling, you know, wooden bookmarks. Right. Um, and it, I was, I was shocked. I was yeah. shocked. She had saved that much money. And, um, 
you know, so today after this interview, yeah, we're we're going and we're going to pick out her American Girl doll, and I uh, I am just incredibly proud of her. And um, you know, I, I wasn't I wasn't that motivated when I was uh, seven. She just turned eight today. But I know I can't believe yeah. she's seven, turning eight, and she's already done her own little project to make yeah. some money on the side to like buy something she wants. I mean, that's just such a great life. I just love that. Like, like yeah. to me, that's a wrap. Like, all right, call's mm-hmm. done. Like. Like, get your kids to buy. I mean, Jim Rohn, he always had the thing. He thinks kids should have two bikes, one to ride, one to rent. You know, <laughs> like, he's like, because no kid wants to go biking on their own. I mean, there's just such a great life. Le- I just, I love it. I love it. Because another quote from Jim Rohn is, what is it? Uh, Wages can earn you a living, but profits can earn you a fortune. And I think there's real truth to that. So, um, yeah. I don't I just thought that was great. I think it just speaks uh, really highly of your parenting style. And I just wanted to share that with the listeners because I was inspired by that. I mean, that's just awesome. I saw some girls selling lemonade. Um, actually, no, I was I was house sitting in my parents' house because they were gone. Mm-hmm. And I just went by to make sure everything's okay. They have like wild animals that have to be fed in the back. Um, they're old. That's what they do. The chipmunks and all that. And I was there and I actually didn't see the girls, but they went knocking door to door in the neighborhood to tell people, hey, we got lemonade. You got to come buy some. Yeah. And I thought that was great. And of course, I went and bought some of that. And that's just so heartwarming. So that's just, and just like I said, what a great life lesson. Um, Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And the other thing which I like is that it almost kind of proves the whole online business model thing that you have to have something that works offline first, you know, or that works. And then if you put it online, you just get a larger audience and it can just exponentially impact and improve what you're doing. So, um, that's true. Yeah, I didn't think about it that way. But yeah, it kind of prove prove the model that uh, people walking by will indeed buy bookmarks. And so that gave me a reason to post it on Facebook like, hey, isn't this cool? She's yeah. selling bookmarks. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. Yeah, which kind of went from there. Yeah, which is so. Which comes down to the equation: traffic times conversion. They had, they had. She had a sales pitch and a smile people couldn't deny. Her conversion rates were <laughs> high, and she just needed more traffic. And you got her that traffic, and then the result is she's getting her her doll, which is just awesome. So she is. Uh, she is. Anyways, yeah. So we're both beaming about that. I just think that's great. I like love it. And I, I, I mean, I'm supposed to ask you about tips for sight stepping up, but I almost think that that's. Probably like if anyone's thinking that might be an easy way or not, I don't say easy, but a good thing to do is to try to make entrepreneurship fun and a family thing. You know, like if, if mm-hmm. someone's doing a day job and wants to get out of it, that could just be a great way to get the kids on board and the wife on board and everyone to try to make it like some kind of fun thing like that. You know, I mean, she's not, she's not, it's not work. She loves to draw. Yep. You know what I mean? Like none of that That's was, right. was, yeah, was, was grunt work for her. Um, it's just a great, great example. Go Chris. Yeah, that's right. I mean, we're uh, we're very, we are actually intentional uh, in in like how we talk about money with uh, with our kids. And my son is five; he's a little bit young uh, to really understand, you know, dollars and, yet. Yeah. dollars and cents. <laughs> but but with uh, my daughter, we um, you know we've never done like like an allowance uh, with her where it, ju- it just shows up mm-hmm. in an envelope somewhere and. Um, we, we talk to her about, you know, the way, the way that, that money comes into your life is by, uh, when you're able to, to do something valuable or create value, uh, for somebody else. Yep. And, and, and so, you know, if she is wanting money, I'll always, uh, and I, I got this from, uh, there's a Ted talk, uh, that Cameron Harold gave, um, about raising kid entrepreneurs and, um, he uh he, he talks about when when kids his kids want money like he'll he'll say you know can you find uh find a few things that need to be done around the house and then come to me 
and uh, and we'll negotiate. Mm. And, uh, and and so that's that's kind of what what we've done um, with with my daughter. Of um, you know she she wants some money. We're like, well, you know there uh, there there's some leaves out in the yard. Um, mm. Could you? Go, you know, kind of put a, you know, not a proposal, but yeah, go tell me, tell me what. Um, make me an offer. Make me an offer. Thank you. Yeah, that's what I'm trying to say. So, so we've we've kind of got that dynamic going anyway, um, which I, I think in the long run, no, we'll it's going to pay. Out. Off, it's going to pay off divid. It's going to pay off dividends. I mean, that's just brilliant. I mean, I'm I'm already sold on the philosophy, and I don't have kids yet. I was a foster parent, but I think that's mm. just that's just wicked smart. Um, wicked smart, but all right, let's, how about, let's get back to talking about you though. So for you yeah. and this journey that you've been on, I mean, that's just great though. Like I said, we could be a wrap on the call. Everyone's got their piece at work. If, even if you're an uncle or a grandparent, I mean, that's just such a great way. And just even that proactivity, that mindset, cause it's something that I, I, it's really frustrating for me. And honestly, I think that's one of the things that a lot of my clients love is they say, I have that in, like ownership mentality because it just sucks to have an employee that's just like watching the clock and collecting a paycheck and like wants to take everything they can from the business you know like i'm going to take all the free stuff i can like it's just a terrible mentality so um but for you on your progression as an entrepreneur and even developing and training new a new generation of entrepreneurs what have been some of the biggest challenges that you've had to come across um well i mean i i could talk a little bit about um kind of making that transition from uh having a day job and um, get, getting into a spot where I could support myself. I mean, you know, building, building my business on the side, uh, having a day job. I mean, that was, that was extremely challenging, mm-hmm. uh, especially with, um, with, with a family when, you know, mm-hmm. two kids and, uh, a wife and all, everyone who they're, they're all super supportive of, of what I wanted to do. And, and so I don't, I don't say that to say, Oh, well, you know, my, my wife or kids were like uh, baggage or anything. That's not that's not what I'm trying to to say. But it's just, it's just kind of a different set of uh, pressure uh, in my experience, anyway. Um, mm-hmm. Knowing that that you have a family to support and um, you don't really have the option like to leave your day do- day job and you know live off of uh, ramen noodles, um, <laughs> so to speak. But you know, yeah, uh, it, it was yeah, it wasn't for me anyway. But um, I, I think so. So from from that perspective, um, the the biggest challenge for me was around um, m- making the most of my my time. And, um, you know, because, because what, what I did not want to do was not be present for my family, uh, when I came home from work and, you know, we, we, we do sit and have dinner together. You know, it's an important part of the day for us. And, um, I, you know, I try my best. I don't check my phone during that time. And and so that's kind of like, um, it's very important to, to be present with my family. And so, uh, making the decisions on, uh, what, what I should and shouldn't be working on learning to say no, uh, to opportunities, Mm -hmm. um, or to, to clients, uh, when I was, um, yeah, yeah. When I was building a consulting business, uh, while having a day job, there were, there were a couple of clients that I decided not to work with, even though there was, um, there was going to be money there primarily because I felt it would, it would take me, uh, too long, uh, mm. to, um, to, one to, 
to offer the, the kind of value that they were looking for. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, and, and two, I, I, I just, I just knew that, um, that it just wasn't going to be the best use of my time. Yeah. 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 yeah it, it's, it's one of those things where like, especially somebody like me who like, I know I can pick up, um, like technical things pretty quickly. Um, so it was always tempting, uh, to, to, to say, well, you know, I don't exactly know how to do that, but I could probably figure it out. And if I ever found myself thinking that way, um, it was sort of like a, a flag would go up and I just wanted to be very conscious of that thought because that, that meant that I was going to have to do more digging, more research. Mm. It take me more time, mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. versus something that I knew, you know, Hey, I want to set this funnel up in Infusionsoft. Um, I want to check out page or a landing page, like boom, I don't have to think about that when, mm-hmm. you know, um, I, I can, I can knock that out and I, it, it's not going to take me as long. So, um, yeah, which is a great lesson. And honestly, I mean, I think that's a good lesson for anyone, regardless as if, if they're trying to balance a family and getting a business going. But I mean, what you just described is a standard service offering, you know, mm-hmm. like you're like, because that's something I talk to people off frequently that they're like, I do a little bit of this, a little bit of that, a little bit of the next thing. And it's really hard. I can't build a team and I've got no time and I can't focus on the, you know, on my business because I'm so busy in it. But for you, it's like, you just look, I've got very manageable things. These are things I do and you're not and these are things I don't do. And that earns a lot of respect from clients too. If you can say, especially if you ever comes back around to work with them, you know, and you turn them down the first time. And then the second time you're like, yes, I can this time, you know, like as opposed to just jumping all over anything that people give you money for. I think there's a lot to be said in that just in one, in producing a higher quality of work two, being able to set clear expectations for the client three, be able to give and meet deadlines and four, like you just have peace of mind and not the result, like what's being expected of you, what you are going to deliver. Like it's just a ton of clarity on that. And that's um, obviously that's something you learned over time because it's just not something sure. a lot of people just, just are born with. Cause that's, that's great insight there. Um, so let's talk a little bit about what you are doing for clients. What do you do for clients and what's kind of working the best for, for some of your clients right now? Anyone that's listening that has a business, an online business or something, is there anything that you're working on that's really exciting or that um, you've been doing recently and having good good results with? Yeah, absolutely. So um, I, I have found um, – through kind of kind of through word of mouth, so I've been working with uh, a few clients who who've been very successful in direct mail, mm-hmm. and um, it, it but but they don't have any any kind of um, real web operation, mm-hmm. and and so what 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 I do is I'm uh, I kind of promote myself as like I'm I'm the guy uh, behind the scenes um, that that is you know making sure that you're. Um, yeah, primarily I'm working in, inside of Infusionsoft or a couple other programs, but building out um, launch funnels or if somebody wants to, uh, you know, if they're buying traffic or something, setting up the, those front end funnels with the upsells and, and helping out with um, the, the the copy and, and the emails and the psychology of um, you know increasing conversions uh, along the life cycle of the funnel. But what's what's been a lot of fun. Uh, and new for me is, is taking, uh, controls that are in direct mail. Um, and, and for like one client, for example, he's got a prospect campaign that he'll, he'll mail out this, uh, letter, um, to cold traffic and he's getting, 
like a 1.3% response rate, meaning uh, people are, are purchasing. And in direct mail, if you get a one percent, if you get one percent response in direct mail, like it's a winner. Yeah, it's awesome. And so, so his, this thing is doing really well. Um, and so we've converted that. Um, we're in the process of uh, converting that whole campaign into an online campaign. And so it's looking at. Um, you know, what, what are we going to, what's the hook going to be in the advertising? Uh, and then the, the copy's already there. And so you're, it, it's like you're piecing the email sequences together and you're, you're spoon feeding people the sales letter, uh, through a drip sequence. Mm. And that's, um, and, and that whole, uh, process is just a, a, a lot of fun because it's yeah. you know, Gene, Gene Schwartz in uh, Breaks Your Advertising. He uh, he talks about I don't I don't write copy I assemble it. Assemble it. And, yep. and that that's very much how I, I feel um, doing this work with this partic- this particular client. And I have another client now that's coming on, and and we're starting the same process uh, with him. Uh, and it, it's kind of this interesting niche because direct mail is something that a lot of people don't don't think of yeah Yeah. and and so i'm actually learning a lot about um direct mail i'm i'm uh i'm a perpetual student and so i'm just really interested in uh in seeing how people are building these really successful businesses without the web yeah you know and that's a great point there's a couple of great things we can talk about on this topic because i mean direct mail is the original internet marketing you know that's right in the early days of internet marketing that's what people did they just put their sales letter on a page and they sent people to the page and they treated it like direct mail like we're going to drop this into your mailbox and away you go they're like hey we're going to email these people and get them to this page and get them to read it and it made sales and and for a long time that was a really, really, really profitable thing to do. Now, uh, the copy has to be extremely compelling in order to do that, just drive people mm-hmm. to a sales letter. It still does work in some instances, but yeah. I love what you're uh, this because there's so many lessons in direct mail to be had, and on, online marketing is just an evolution of direct mail, almost verbatim. And even what you're talking about here is taking the sales letter and putting it as a process. That's essentially, like right now, that's basically Jeff Walker's product mm-hmm. launch formula. It's the sideways sales letter, you know? When you build the sales letter, like you said, you assemble it. There's a headline to get attention, and then there's all these pieces that pull people in, and then there's a pitch at the end and the guarantee. And he's like, we just do that sideways over a few days, over a few emails and a few videos versus, bam, all in one shot, expecting people to read the whole letter all at once. Um, And so Mm -hmm. that's that's great. The other part of that, which I also mentioned before, is that it was tested – I mean they they did it backwards. But what a lot of people can do is you can test your letters – online and then because offline is so much more expensive right once you're putting letters in the mail and buying names so much more expensive so online since it's so cheap and easy it's a great place and way to test your letters before you mail them Um, test your ads before you put them in the magazine test them before you put them on a billboard all that sort of stuff Um, yep and and that and that's where you know having the right the right people on board in in terms of like making sure that you're targeting the right, whether it, if it's direct mail, you're working with the right list broker. Mm-hmm. If it's online, that you are buying uh, access to the right type of, of traffic, and um, you know that that was one of the things that I uh, I used to do for people is buy traffic, and then there, there was a lot of freedom in realizing like I, I'm not I'm not a, the best at buying traffic, and I don't actually like it that much. Mm-hmm. Um, and then and then finding that you know why not just 
find out who the expert is in Facebook ads or Google AdWords or um, you know buying a direct mail list. And there there's uh, there, there there's this freedom of like uh, I don't have to worry about that. I can let them do their thing. I can do my thing. Um, and but but yeah, you're you're exactly right that whichever whichever one you start with. Um, the, the key is, uh, market and message match. You know, right. Dan Kennedy talks about the triangle. I forget the third end. Market message medium, because yeah, that's not, right. if you're targeting an older demographic, for example, I have a client where no one under 30, it's, she targets females and no one under 30 buys essentially. Mm-hmm. Um, they're not going to be the most tech savvy people. I mean, if it's 35 and over and a large part of them are over 50, I mean, they're not the most technical, right, people. So that's a great market that you would still want to use offline media for. But, you know, we've tested so much stuff online. It can be mm-hmm. easy. It's just a piece of cake to take it offline. And it also goes back to that T times C equals conversion part. You know, once you got something that works, you just need to get it in front of more people. So there's a lot of great lessons that you've just shared right here. And I think it's awesome. I think it's so awesome. So um, really, really, really cool. Do you have any insights into social media? That's something that I wasn't on my list of questions, but it was something I wrote down just because you said you were so involved in it and it was a large company and obviously they're well-funded and they probably experiment with a ton of different things. So what could you tell some listeners about social media? If there's people listening to this, how would you summarize how to use social media for a business? Okay, yeah. So I I did learn um, that that is the way to think about it like for a business because it's um, the healthcare company I was working with and, and healthcare is a little different. So it's not like, um, you know, Hey, come, come buy this widget. Like it's, uh, you know, you're not giving like buy one, get one off of a knee replacement or something like that. It's, uh, it, it's very more focused on like trust building and, mm. um, and showcasing expertise because, uh, for like for a hospital, for example, like you you assume as a as a patient, like you you assume that when you go into a hospital, like that people are competent, and you assume that you're not going to to walk out of there with a disease that you didn't have before, right? Or um, parts or extra yeah, parts. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. And so um, there there were a lot of times where uh, you're, you're working with um, executives and the kind of marketing that they want to put out. Is they want to brag about um, the things that 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 consumers already expect. Um, so it's 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 like no news. It's like saying um, we're number one in quality. Um, mm. Well, that that okay, that's true. Like you got this award, but your target market doesn't care about that. Um, right. They uh, like like you really want to connect with the person. Uh, who is who knows that you know maybe they've got a pain in their shoulder? Uh, we'll take this example uh, because with with Google, um, more people try to self-diagnose before they actually mm. um, before they actually call a doctor. And so um, the opportunity in healthcare, um, and I, I think this will apply uh, outside of that, but um, the opportunity there was. Let, let's help people self-diagnose themselves hmm. um, and let's build trust uh, that way. So either through how, how we're using uh, YouTube, you know, we, we mm-hmm. build these, these playlists inside of YouTube and it was just focused on like one area of the body. 
Um, and you know, if, you, if you've got a pain in your shoulder, it could be this, it could be that. Here's how we treat this. If you do have to have um, you know, surgery, like here's how the surgery works. Here's how, what recovery looks like. Um, here, here are the questions like you should ask your general practitioner. And so it was, it was really just giving away a lot of um, free content without um, you know, having to be in the doctor's office and, and the, keep in mind, like this could be for like a hospital in Nashville, mm-hmm. but somebody in Montana is looking at it and so you just have to be okay with, um, knowing that not, not every single person who watches the video is, um, is going to book an appointment, but, um, mm-hmm. with your, adver- with your advertising then, um, because if you're in social media, like you, you have to be advertising. Um, that's how you get in front of, uh, anyone uh, mm-hmm. to make, to, to make it profitable. So, so you're making sure that you're targeting the, the right folks, but it, um, that, that would be, I, I guess, one of the things that, uh, that, that I learned from, from a business standpoint is that consumers are, uh, are looking for either, either they're looking for a discount from a business. So mm-hmm. they, they want something free or they want a reason to follow you on, on Facebook. Um, and, and they're just looking for you to help them do, uh, what it is that, that they're setting out to do. I don't know if that. Mm-hmm. No, I like, I like that. So first you mentioned reason why. Yeah. Which I love because it's not branding. It's not, hey, I'm here in the corner. If you want to come talk to me, it's not that at all. It's, hey, here's a discount. Hey, here's a coupon. Hey, here's a special, right? So mm-hmm. that's – I love that. And then the other part, which is something that I know that I've seen uh, a lot of people make as a mistake is it's it's targeting a very specific problem. You know, yeah. it's not like I can help you make your entire life fantastic. In fact, um, I'm not going to mention mm-hmm. any names, but a friend of mine who's got a business that's been very successful in the life coaching arena, he's just recently been struggling a little bit. And I, I remember taking a look at it and I'm telling him, like, it's too generic. Like, you're, 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 he had a, a uh, an opt in that he was trying to push for, for this funnel. And it was like, you know, like, we'll make everything sunny, sunshine and rainbows, essentially, mm-hmm. was what it was. Like, we'll fix everything in your life. And I'm like, that's really generic. And the whole thing about the internet is its relevancy. Relevancy is king online, you know? So, I think that's a really powerful thing, and I really hope that doesn't get lost on anyone, that you're basically saying on social media, one, you have to pay to reach new people, um, but you could probably get immediate feedback on whether your promotion feels like sleazy or not. Okay. Um, but then, you you know, reason why advertising, and then on top of that, like really, really specific pain point solutions, you know, and that starting that, hey, are your teeth hurting? Have you tried this, this, this? You know, here's a list of five things that you can do, or here's how to mix three chemicals everyone has in their house to make some sort of toothpaste that might take the, you know, take the pain away or something like that, right? And mm-hmm. then if that didn't help you, maybe you need to come into the dental clinic and let us take a look at it. And there you've already kind of gained their trust, right? You helped them, you tried yeah. to help them and let them to do it yourself for, right? But hey, we hit a wall, you know, let's take this to the next step now and come, why don't you come see us? So I think that's really powerful. Um, really, really powerful because direct mail also is not about branding. Direct mail is not like, Hey, sure. here's it's, it's a yes or no proposition. Yeah. It, it's definitely not the, you know, what do I have to do to put you in this car today? It's, it's like, uh, understanding 
it, it started from a place of, of service and providing value first uh, with, without the expectation um, that, that you will, in fact, get something in return. Um, and, um, you know, the other thing that, that, that is important, and this is across any market, is, but especially in healthcare, is, is using, using the language that your, mm. your customer uses. So, mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. in, you know, we, we had a lot of people in healthcare, they wouldn't want to call doctors providers, right? And um, no, nobody, unless you're in the healthcare business, calls a doctor a provider. Yep. Um, insurance companies call uh, doctors providers. Yep. And, um, and so you, you, you might have the, the, the greatest message and, uh, helping, you know, the, the, the best content that can help somebody. But if I'm reading that, I'm like, what, what the heck's a provider? What do yeah. you mean? Yeah. Yeah. Um, that's like, yeah. um, that's like, I know that's from the yellow pages days. A big thing was everyone was talking about auto insurance, but no one's like, I'm looking for some auto insurance. You're looking for car insurance. And that's right. a great thing. So you, social media can let you, and this is something a lot of people don't even realize. And I think this is worth saying, like when we talk about direct mail being kind of the original online marketing, the huge benefit you get online is transparency. Like not only into what's working, what's not and speed of it, but the transparency and speed of data collection, because now you can just go and do some Google searches and like when someone puts a keyword into Google, they're literally taking the thought out of their head and putting it into the search bar. And you can just search using Google Trends, put keywords into it and see who in the world is asking this question the most. Where's the largest concentration of them? I mean, if I was going to do an event on solving sh acute shoulder pain, I would figure out what, like you said, the words that the market is using. And you can put that into Google Trends and it'll tell mm -hmm. you, like, if you do live events, what cities you should promote your events in. Because these are the people, where are the places people are searching for solutions for acute shoulder problems the most. And it's just never before in the history of humanity have we ever had that sort of crystal ball to look into people's heads. I mean, you could even see in Google, they don't release it, but... Um, with the free tools you can try if there's some sort of like uh, natural disaster in a city or something like they get to see what are the people searching for how are the people feeling you know what I mean like there's a lot of mm -hmm. like af like different stuff but you can see trends and emerging and so just uh, just spend some time online social media you can go and comb and collect so much beautiful data and vocabulary and, and pain points and problems from what people in the market are suffering from and then just provide solutions for them which is again it's before you couldn't do that without personally interviewing like hundreds of people. So, right. Yeah. Right. And, and you know, the, one of the tools that I, I use for that specific uh, purpose is actually, I, I go to Amazon and look at uh, one and two star reviews of, mm. uh, of books that are, that are in the topic. And so like that, that's one of the ways that, that I feel like I, um, so one of the things I, that I'm good at is I, I can, pretty quickly understand and empathize with, with a market, um, with, with a specific avatar. Hmm. Um, and, and one of the ways that I, that I'm able to do that is, um, I'll have, uh, my virtual assistant, um, you know, I'll give her, I'll say, you know, this is like the category of, uh, of, mm -hmm. of books and go find, you know, the top 10 bestsellers. And then I just want a, uh, a, a data dump of all the one and two star reviews. Cause that's where you're going to see, um, the people who, uh, you know, obviously they were, they were upset for whatever reason, but you, you get to see where that product fell short and you mm -hmm. see the language 
like it well you didn't you didn't talk about this mm-hmm. in in the book or i thought the book was going to do this and um you know all it was was a, a fluff piece and um but but you could see those words of like what uh, they're, they're, they're like naming the gaps for you. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. and then, and then you take it a step further and I'll, I'll put it into like a, a word cloud, um, solution or a tool. And, um, you know, you know what that is? The, yeah. yeah. So word cloud or a tag cloud. And so for yeah, anyone yeah, yeah, that yeah. doesn't know exactly. what that is, sometimes you see that on the sidebar of a site when you go to a site and it's a bunch of keywords and some yep. of them are bigger and some of them are smaller. And basically it depends on the frequency, the more frequent that keyword shows up, the bigger <clears throat> it is. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So, so that's, that's a more of kind of like a visual, uh, way, uh, to, to see if, if there's like a, a word that's being repeated over and over and over again. Um, sometimes it's nothing, but sometimes it's, uh, worth looking worth at doing. Yeah. Because entire businesses are built around specific keywords. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's a huge tip right there. I mean, and again, the transparency, um, I did an interview, <clears throat> Ben Simkin, another one of our interviews, anyone has listened to that, that's a good one to go listen to. He's, is a paid marketer, uh, paid at Facebook advertiser. He has an agency and he, his agency is responsible for helping now generate over $1.4 billion in sales for his clients with Facebook ads. You know, in our interview, he was like, you know, if I had like Abraham Lincoln, the quote, if I had six hours or seven hours, whatever the number was to, to plan a, a campaign for a client, I would spend six of them, you know, focusing on the target market, like avatar research and who, what the pain points are having and the problem, right. you know, he would spend six of the seven hours on the research. And so that's a huge tip because the best thing you also mentioned, and this is a distinction people on the call may not have realized, but the benefit of what you just said is that you're getting the feedback from buyers and there is a huge mm-hmm. Huge difference between people just in the kind of just, you know, browsing around, people that are kicking tires and people that are actually putting dollars for information, you know, and spending money on that. And that's just a that's a great tip. You're basically going to say, hey, who's everyone that's spending money on books and information in this market and what are they pissed off about? Mm-hmm. And that's a great spot because then you can find out what everyone's not getting and everyone's unhappy with, and you can just serve up the proper solution. And that's just that's the way to do it. And then it's you know it's not it's not trying to force a product nobody wants down someone's throat. So that's a great 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 tip. What um what are some of the mistakes that you see your clients and other entrepreneurs making, other marketers? What are some of the most common mistakes you see people making? I uh, yeah. So so it would be. I, I guess maybe the the term for it is like uh, shiny object syndrome. Mm. Um, and you know, there's. Uh, have you read the book Essentialism? Yes, I, yeah. the audio book. But yes. Yeah. yeah okay. Same, same here. Yeah, I'm an audio book guy too. Um, but uh, it's that that is probably being being able to to focus on kind of like the the one key thing, um, and that's going to move your business forward, uh, today, uh, and tomorrow is, is really hard. Um, so, so I don't, I don't say like the, the, the mistake is shiny object syndrome. And, um, so I don't say that like in a shaming way, like I actually understand it because, um, as the, the business owners that I work with, I mean, they, they're, they're focused on, um, you know, what, what can we put in the business now to, um, to, to, to build for growth in the future. And so I actually completely get it, um, why they want to try a whole bunch of different things. But, um, 
for, uh, for, for the ones who, you know, if we can put a, and this is where kind of the project management piece comes in a little bit, um, which is not my favorite role, but um, hold, holding people accountable to like, hey, we're going um, we're, we're to work on this particular project. Here's how we're going to know if it's successful or not. And um, this is going to be our focus for you know, the next seven days, the next 30 days, and kind of setting milestones. Like it's, it's kind of, um, you know, it, it's just like it's the boring, hard part of like just doing the work, like coming up with the idea um, and all like the dreaming of the possibilities of what this idea could bring mm. is it's that release of uh, endorphins and dopamine and it feels good. Um, and then, OK, awesome. Now let's let's execute on it. And, um, you know, uh, like mm. I, I I totally understand. Um, yeah, I, I totally understand how execution and um, <laughs> how that's just a hard thing. I, I'm not, I'm actually not. We were talking about uh, Colby sto- Colby scores mm. in our pre-interview, and I I don't score very high on uh, implementation, but I do score very high on follow-through. So, um, so so for me, I, I know it's important that I've got to put people around me who can who can mm. implement, and I'm I'm okay holding uh, folks accountable to getting mm-hmm. stuff done. But mm-hmm. I think just knowing your, your strengths and, and weaknesses, but, but that to your answer, your question, um, the, the mistake that, that I, that I see is probably not a new one, but it's, it's just losing, losing focus on kind of the, the one thing. Yeah. that Stephen Covey author of uh, seven habits of highly successful people's got a great quote on that where he says, the main thing is to keep the main thing, the main <laughs> thing. Right. That's right. And that's, that's right. Uh, and focus is another quote that I really love. Lots of people uh, credited uh, or attributed to it, but it's follow one course until successful, you know, and that's, that's yeah. really important. I think focus. that's a good thing too. I mean, they, Brian Tracy calls it eating the frog, you know, it, for a lot of people in their business. And even if, even if you're listening to this and you have a day job, you would be so well served by allowing yourself the time and the space in the mornings just to focus on the one big thing that if you got the, only this done, you could take the rest of the day off and ask yourself that that's a great productivity thing. Yep. If I only get one thing done today, what does it need to be? And give yourself a space every day, every morning to just, you're not on email. You're not doing anything. You shut out the world. doesn't matter what fires happen. All you're doing is focusing on that one key thing, all the problems, everything else will still be there when you come back and just avoid that shiny object, you know, that shiny object syndrome or that, 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 that um, urge to just procrastinate. So that's a good tip. That's a really good tip. Yeah. When, when I was uh, in the corporate world, uh, I would do, just, I, I would put like fake meetings on my calendar yeah. um, for, for that reason. Yeah. And, um, and, and usually uh, for me, it was, it was best to do it early, early in the morning. So like eight to 10, um, my calendar was always booked from, from eight to 10 because yeah. yeah. And I would shut email down, do the, just what you're saying. Yeah. No, I've got a friend of mine. He's got a, he used to run a hundred million dollar 
company. And that's one of the things he says. He's trying to help um, business owners in a particular niche now. Um, he's kind of left that job. He kind of retired. Young guy, retired in his mid-30s. And um, anyways, that's his, something he's, he's been – he was talking – him and I were talking about that a lot of people in his market, he's like, I, honestly, a lot of these guys, they just need to wake up every day and just get the one thing done every day. He's like, there's just a lot of people – you know, time management just seems a big problem. They just haven't learned to wake up and just do that one thing. And I think when you're managing a $100 million company and all the subsidiaries and all that, that's what you do. You wake up and you do the one thing okay. you, know, you know, every day, and that's how you keep that ship moving forward. So now, do you feel that there are any habits that you have that have helped you on your path to success? Are there any habits or rituals that you think have really served you? Oh, um, well, when you said rituals, it made me think of something different than, than, than habits, but I'll, I'll say, um, so, so one of the things that I am, uh, really consistent with is, uh, is gratitude. Mm. Um, so I do, I, I do start, uh, mo- most days I do start with, with a gratitude list and it's kind of, it's evolved, um, mm-hmm. over time. But, uh, and so, so I used to have like a, a pre-written list that there was like, you know, uh, some positive affirmations and, uh, and then list the things that I was uh, grateful for. And I would read that, the, the same list over and over. I would, uh, I've done that for years. And now what I've what I more do is um, actually just write it out and think, what am I grateful for today? Mm. Um, and I'll come up with three things. So that, that's kind of a, that is definitely a ritual mm-hmm. um, that I've been doing for, for a few years. Mm. Um, yeah. And a good one too. Gratitude's great because it helps just, it's like mental floss. It helps just clear all the doubt and the cobwebs out of your head just to stop and think about what you're grateful for. And just to try to take the stress away. I think, you know, when people do their best work, it's often when they're feeling at, or well, it depends on the person. Some people work great under pressure and a lot of, a lot of people when they're having fun and when things are at ease and if you wake up and you're bringing the stress from the day before with you, you know, or you wake up and the kids, you have a rough morning with the kids because for whatever reason they just woke up with their hair on fire, you mm-hmm. know, no rhyme or reason. I think that's a really good grounding habit to have. Um, very, very yep. cool. So do you see any future trends in your industry? Do you see where things are going as far as like online marketing and the sales funnels thing? Where do you think it'll mm. be in five years, ten years? Do you think it'll change a lot? Is it leaning towards one thing or another or something up and coming we should be aware of? Well, I and, and maybe this is a recency effect. I don't know, but I actually I, I think so. If you if you look at if most people look at their inboxes right now, um, they're 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 probably incredibly full, yeah. and they're they're probably very full with uh, marketing messages yeah. and the one inbox that that has more space in it is is the mailbox and mm. um and so i i've been thinking about uh wondering like could, could we see almost a is the big opportunity uh in marketing going to be a um Maybe not like a full pendulum swing all the way back, like to direct mail. But I think the people who are paying attention are going to start noticing, hey, there's there's less competition in the mailbox. And um, again, even yes, it's more expensive. But if you're working with the right uh, list broker, uh, someone who can help you with targeting, um, it's actually very profitable. And if you think about the experience of you go to your mailbox, um, and if you were to get like a piece of lumpy mail, you know, that, mm-hmm. uh, e- even if you don't know who sent it, 
if it's three dimensional, like you're, you're going to open it, mm-hmm. you're going to open it. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, if you're, if your targeting is right, uh, then, then I, I think it, people, people could be surprised at how profitable mm-hmm. it, it could be. So that, that's one, uh, I, I don't know if it, it classifies as a, as a trend, but, but I, a prediction is that, um, is that direct mail uh, would have a resurgence from people who've just focused on online marketing? Because if you're just uh, one, one of my clients, he talks about you know single channel marketing is so boring, um, mm. and and he's all about multi channel. And so um, I, I've uh, I've learned a lot from him. But um, but but yeah, I, I think people look at email. They look at online because it's it's a low barrier to entry. It's cheap. You can test quickly. Um, I, I think there's going to be a critical mass where it, it doesn't um, it, it doesn't pay off the way it, it used to mm. in the glory days, and people have to find other other channels. Mm, mm, mm. Yeah, I think I can piggyback on that, just in the sense of. Like right now, part of what's ruined online marketing for in, in in a lot of terms, at least in the terms of like buyer confidence, is just that it's because of the low barrier of entry. There's so much junk, you know. And I mean, mm-hmm. I, even myself, I put junk out. Where if I had to sign a check, if I had to write a couple of thousand, if I had to spend a couple of thousand dollars to mail this out, you'd think through it a lot more carefully, right? Than just putting mm-hmm. up like a WordPress blog or a page or some and blah and spending fifty bucks on Facebook ads and being like or whatever ads, LinkedIn, you know, and be like. Like, well, let's see what happens. You know, I think that's really true, and I think that's a really good point. And I love the point on multi-channel. I think that that's definitely, definitely, definitely going to be coming more into play because you've got apps, you've got social media, you've got mm-hmm. text messaging, you've got email, you've got snail mail. I mean, there's a lot of different ways to reach out to people, and I think that's definitely, definitely a good insight for people to come. Um, uh, radio. Radio, yeah, radio podcasts. Hey, yeah, yeah, absolutely. The sponsorships on podcasts, on uh, radio shows. You know, people like you who've built up uh, a tribe. Like I think, you know, right now, like even just you know buying sponsorships on on podcasts, it's it's still in its infancy. Yes, uh, because uh, you know you you don't get the best data from from Apple. Um, no. so, so you don't, you don't get all the good demographic data just yet, but I, I think, um, that there's going to be some, some I, I would guess there'd be some changes in, uh, being able to, to help uh, yeah. sponsors, uh, target better. You know, I would hope that too. And I've hoped the same for Amazon forever. I've got books on Amazon. I got one of my books at number one in my category, mm-hmm. but I just, I, I don't care where they rank anymore. Like I did that and I did it to say that I could do it to prove that, you know, what I teach works, um, but after that, because you don't get any data, I mean, you're just fanning the flames. You have no idea what's working, what's not. You don't even right. get a customer list. It's just like a, a terrible, for me, a terrible way to do business. I mean, you're talking about direct mail. Anyone listening to this, if you guys want to make some money and you or help your clients make some money, get them to mail an offer to a past customer. Like that's just like just, – it's mm. a no-brainer. Go back to anyone that's ever done business with you. Come up with an offer relevant to something you think would apply to them and just mail it. And that's the best mailing list. You'll never get a list that works better than your own happy customer list. Keyword, happy customer list. You know, They'll come back and buy from you again and again and again. And a postcard or an envelope, I mean that's the best couple of bucks you could spend because one, I mean like you said, the, mail, the inbox or the, the or mailboxes are so empty. It's like something people look forward to either. Hey, I got a postcard. 
car, you know, like, Hey, yeah. I got a letter. I mean, it's, it's, it's really, there's a lot of novelty around it. And I think that there's a lot of brilliance for people that can capitalize on that. As it stands right now, I do that uh, just as a default. Anyone who buys anything from me, the very first time they buy it, they get a postcard from us, um, mm-hmm. at least in, in oh, North great. America, you know, and it's just, if you're a first time buyer, Hey, here's a post, you know what I mean? Just cause it can be done. It can be automated. And it's just, like you said, it's a way to do, bridge the multi channels, uh, bridge more than one channel. Cause that's the other danger. If they, you only market using social media, you know, uh, the worst number in business is one. What happens when Facebook starts charging you to reach your audience? What happens, mm-hmm. you know, like you just never know. Yeah, that's right. And I, I, and you bring up a really good point. That is actually one of the, the first places that I, I start when, if, if the goal of a client is, um, you know, increasing sales and, and that's kind of a broad topic, but you all, you want to look at, um, who's bought from you, yeah. you know, who, who spent $500 with you in the last 18 months. And instead of putting together a big, uh, cold traffic campaign where you, you know, at best you're going to break even on that mm-hmm. and then hope to make it on the back end. Um, why don't you put together like a contact strategy that sends a, a, a handwritten note, um, uh, to to your best customers and make an exclusive offer just to them because you know hey you, you bought you bought a um, and so that tells me that you're this kind of person you're probably interested in B mm-hmm. and uh, because you are who you are here's uh, you know a, a special. Here's a reason why, yeah. Here's a reason why we should do business yeah. again, and a reason why there's a deadline attached to it, and a reason mm-hmm. why I'd love to hear from you. That's a great tip. Yeah, that's a really good tip, Chris. Um, very cool. Well, there's something else I want to ask you, but I forgot. Is there anything I should have asked you that I haven't asked you? There was another question I had, but it's eluding me right now. Um. Well, I I don't know. I mean, we we didn't talk much about like transitioning out of the the corporate world, and we've kind of talk more about like the consulting and the, the client stuff, which, which has been a lot of fun. Um, I, uh, w- one thing I would want to share on that is, um, when, when I was in my day job, um, and I was listening to a lot of podcasts like, like yours and looking for inspiration, it was always difficult for me to really identify with the guest. Um, if, if they didn't like, have the the family responsibilities that I had, and they were just like a, a young single person um, who again could could live off of ramen noodles and um, but I always, always appreciated like um, if I could find the the, the parent um, who who was who had a, who had a story to tell of how they um, how they built a business with with a family and um, and so i'm I'm, I'm sharing that because i uh, I, I, I would love to make more connections with, with people who are in that, in that position. Not, I, I don't have, actually don't have anything to, to sell. I'm just interested in, in meeting people, um, who are, are looking for something different. Uh, they have a family cause I, I do think it's, it is a very unique, mm-hmm. um, position mm-hmm. to, uh, to be in. Yeah, I think you're right. And I think that's a great idea. Um, 
and I fully endorse anyone that's listening to this, if you're in that position, if you've got a full-time job and a family and you're looking to, and you're listening to my podcast and just trying up your skill because you got this part-time or evening thing or you want to start something or you kind of got something going but it's not getting a lot of traction, you really need to surround yourself with like-minded individuals. And whether Chris eventually comes up with an offer or not, I think it's honestly in your best interest to not be afraid to, to reach out and to get involved and be, become part of a community of like-minded people who can support each other because that's really what's going to make or break it for you the books you read the knowledge you gain and the people you meet and the people you surround yourself with and so i think chris i'm glad you brought that up because there's just a lot of family values and a lot of um in-depth knowledge that myself someone without kids and not married at this time of uh, this recording i can't emulate with and it's hard for me to understand and and honestly even just come up with good i I mean i could come up with ideas that i think but Mm -hmm. you've been there in the trenches and you know and you live it even still to today so um, if any of those people did want to reach out to you and did want to get in touch with you, what are some of the best ways to get in contact? Yeah, so um, you could you can email me. It's uh, chris at chrismason.net. Um, so you can just send me an email. Uh, I also put up uh, a page um, for, for anyone who's interested. Uh, go to chrismason.net slash best. And... Um, I I'm, I developed this little tool that one one of the things when I decided uh, you know the the pain of the pain of staying in my corporate job was greater than the pain of figuring out how to leave. Um, to the, at that point, to me, it was was very much a numbers game. So the goal was I need to save up this this many months of expenses, um, even if I don't have a business that is uh, uh, mm-hmm. that can support my family, like. I'm going to get this nest egg and then I'm going to leave. And, um, so, so I had to, I had to use this little, uh, tool that I, that I developed, um, that, uh, that I'd, I'd like to give to anyone who is interested in that. And I've got a little video walkthrough on, on how to use it, but, but basically figuring out like, what is your, your runway, like your runway number, uh-huh. um, bef- before you, you can leave. So that's chrismason.net slash best. That's awesome. Perfect. So again, Chris Mason, M-A-S-O-N. That's right. Um, Chris, thank you so much for joining us today. I know, like you said, it's your little girl's birthday. You could be doing 101 other things. You've already got a full plate as is, so it's not necessarily like you're fielding out new clients. Sure, you probably, depending when people listen to this, you might be interested, but I know you could be doing 101 other things for yourself, for your clients, for your family and loved ones. So thank you for coming and sharing with myself and my audience and just helping bring these things to light. We talked about a lot of really great stuff. We talk about, you know, building entrepreneurial values in the family, about, you know, um, talked about just methods that work online and offline strategies multi-marketing channels um, talked about the kind of the history of marketing and why some of it sucks so much talked about stepping out of a job and how to how to roll into a new one or not a new one sorry how to roll into like your new career as a bit as an entrepreneur and a business owner so I think there's a lot of value in here and I think there's a lot of tips of stuff that um, hopefully our listeners have benefited from and so just thank you so much and I just wish you and your wife and your daughter and your and your you got two kids so what's, your, did, other, yeah. what's your other son's name uh my son's name is grady grady okay grady so i hope you guys just have a wonderful day today and just thank you for joining us thanks so much gerald this was this was a lot of fun you've reached the end of our interview now first let me thank you for listening i appreciate and respect you more than you'll ever know and now i'd like to ask you a couple of questions first what three lessons did you just learn what three aha moments just jumped out at you second 
What can you implement for yourself and your business in the next 24 hours? Third, what can you give to someone else to help you with or give them to just do it for you? Whatever it is, remember taking action is the secret sauce to results. Now, if you think this interview would be helpful for a friend, please give them a link to it. It'll help them and it'll help me too. I'd also like to invite you to help me find out more about the challenges you're facing, your dreams, your goals, and how I can help you overcome what's holding you back. We both do better when we know better, and your success is my success. So please reach out and interact. You can visit our website, bestbusinesscoach.ca for Canada or California, where I'm from and where I'm living. You're welcome to also try out one of our paid programs. You can find us on YouTube, Facebook, and pretty much every other social media channel you can think of. You should also subscribe to the podcast. And if you're enjoying them, please leave us a nice review. It really helps. That's all for now. Once again, thank you. Take care of yourself. And remember, the world needs the best business you can build. And I believe in you.